Wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island, USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. But we are here with the truly cutest of all, and that is Priscilla of Bonjour Bitches blog and founder of Shop Bonjour Boss, a feminist apparel company that fights back. Hello, Priscilla. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. And you are coming off of a weekend of potty training. And as a mom who is now in round two of potty training, God bless you. Thank you for showing up. How are you doing? Not well, bitch. Um, <laughs> this leads to divorce. I'm totally sure. Maybe not for me, but like it has. The potty people. training to divorce pipeline is popping. It's uh-huh. uh, yes, it's a straight line. See, whenever I hear things about parenting, it makes me so nervous because my marriage is barely holding on as it is. So to to think about adding a child to it, I just can't. Well. Well, no, that helps. (laughs) That saves relationships. Okay, great. Can't wait. Now, (laughs) Chelsea, I do have to ask you, what does round two of potty training mean? Do they revert? No. So I went through it with my oldest, (laughs) and now I'm doing round two. (laughs) But I will say with my oldest, like there were 10 rounds of like, we're going to do it. This is going to be the time. And then it's like, all right, fuck it. Just put her in diapers. She's not going to go to college in diapers. And if she does, we have bigger issues. So God bless. Godspeed. Yeah. And at that point, that's on her. You know? (laughs) You're right. Out of your house, out of your mind. That's what my parents say. Not like I'm paying for it. Buy your own diapers. (laughs) So after two minutes of talking about shitting yourselves, now let's move into why we're all here today. And that is to talk about Sister Act. So, I know, this movie is, and we said it last time that we thought that was the oldest movie, but then we decided to really hit you with it. We went back even deeper into the timeline. This movie came out in May 1992, where I was but a (laughs) six-year-old. So, I just want to, you know, let you feel what it was like in May of 1992. So, the top five songs on the Billboard charts were Jump by Criss Cross, Never Gonna Get It by En Vogue, Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Because Wayne's World, maybe? Oh, yeah, because it didn't come out in 92. (laughs) I think Freddie was... (laughs) Yeah, so that makes sense. And then at the top of the box office in the movie theater was Lethal Weapon 3. But as I already said, I was six years old, so I wasn't really dabbling in any of that. So let's talk about what Donnie was doing. And that was the top toys of 1992, which were the Playmobil Play Fort, Barbie's Dream House, the Nestle Talking Vending Machine, Creepy Crawlers. I heard a gasp, Priscilla. Did you have Creepy Crawlers? I just remember the commercials. Oh, yeah. Creepy Crawlers. (laughs) They're squirmy. They're wormy. They're yellow and green. (laughs) I had Creepy Crawlers because I wanted an Easy Bake Oven and it was like the boy version. So my parents were like, Use this instead. You don't need to know how to cook. Bugs are for boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that stays with you because my apartment still has bugs and I still don't know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> now, Donnie, you were six, but as always, I need to one-up you. I was but a two-year-old at this time, so I was not playing with any of those <laughs> things. But fun fact about me as a child that once again just paints a picture of who I was At two years old, I stole a Bart Simpson piggy bank from the Dollar Tree. Like, my parents had been in the Dollar Tree, and then I was just a little klepto from birth, apparently. We got down the road, and my parents looked in the back seat, and there I was holding a Bart Simpson piggy bank. No way! 
you're blaming yourself, but didn't you have to go into a car seat? If they were looking in the yeah. back seat, you were already <laughs> buckled in with your thievery, like yeah. in top gear. You don't know what I was capable of. Perhaps I stashed it in a diaper. Yeah, put it right there in the diaper. Yeah, but that thing really became like my security blanket toy. And I would carry around this creepy Bart Simpson doll like everywhere. Just horrifying. <laughs> I go back and forth when I think about toys that I played with as a child of thinking like they were the best and then also thinking like they were the creepiest. Mm. Like I want to take a moment and just reflect on the concept of Furbies in general (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. they would consistently wake up in the middle of the night and make those weird Furby noises. And we all were like, oh, it's fine. Just put a blanket over it. It's like, no, let's reflect on like, why is this toy turning off? <laughs> Can we talk about baby uh-oh? What's that? It was a doll that pooped and peed. <gasps> yes. It was disgusting and I wanted it. Was that the cherries? The cherries, yes, oh, the cherries. Okay. And like it had a bottle and Kirsten Dunst was in the original commercial <gasps> and it had a little theme song and like we wanted it. Do you know the theme song? Baby, uh-oh, there she goes. I give her a bottle and then... I don't remember. It <laughs> and then she shits. Yeah. <laughs> and in the commercial, it says it changes two colors, but they don't show the one color. <gasps> that is foul. That would be bad marketing. <laughs> well, I mean, in a world where we can't show red for <laughs> pad commercials it's always blue. blue i imagine you know same thought process they're like no <laughs> certainly we can have a doll that shits her pants but we mustn't show it on television <laughs> well girls don't poop yeah. correct now that's an uh-oh we have not made it very far as feminists <laughs> yeah. since 92 <laughs> can you um make a baby uh-oh shirt for your shop I would buy that. I'll think about it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have to lose. <laughs> Money now. But wait, I wasn't a Furby boy, so I didn't know. They came alive in the middle of the night? I was never allowed to have one. That okay. was like my biggest gripe with my parents. It was like a fight every birthday and Christmas because all I wanted was one of those sweet, sweet Furbies. But yeah, my friends who had them, it was like a horror movie. <laughs> it truly was a horror movie. Like they would be gifted this Furby the first week. All they could talk about is how amazing this Furby is. The second week, they start showing up to school looking a little more tired, a little disheveled. (laughs) The third week, that Furby is in the attic with a blanket over itself. Like, it would wake up in the middle of the night and make its Furby noises. It's like a toy for sadists. Yeah, I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. Those eyes, those unblinking eyes just staring at you. (laughs) So so I'm scared, so I'm going to quickly change the subject, and I'm going to tell you about Sister Act. So it was directed by Emil Ardolino. I probably butchered the name, but that's fine. And he also directed Dirty Dancing and Three Men and a Little Lady. Are you guys going to do that movie? I mean, now we have to. You just put the pressure on. (laughs) I have literally never heard that movie ever. Three Men and a Little Lady? No, I thought you were going to say Two and a Half Men or something. No. Have you heard of Three Men and a Baby? Uh Uh-huh. No! Okay, now you really have to listen. One time I went away to like this resort in the mountains one year for vacation with my family. And we did trivia. And it was me, my grandfather, my uncle and my dad. And our team name was three men and a baby. (laughs) They weren't fine with three men and a little lady. So we had to go (laughs) the first one. Wow, yeah, Priscilla will add it to the list. Well, yeah, Donnie, if you need a replacement for Chelsea, I'm I'm already here. I often feel like I do, so I'm glad you're willing to fill out that application live on air. Have you heard of Dirty Dancing, Chelsea? No. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I hate that, like, you really did believe me, though. Like, that's how little you think of me, is that there is a world in which I don't know not to put baby in the corner. Now, I've never seen it, but I am aware of it. Well, that just got added as well. (laughs) Wait, that's not true. I think it's true, Priscilla. Priscilla, I have not seen most things in life. Every time Chelsea tells me what movies she's seen, I turn into baby uh uh-oh, the color that you can't see on TV. (laughs) So, So 
this movie was written by Paul Rudnick, who also wrote Adam's Family Values. But there was like some major behind the scenes drama rama. He originally wrote it for Bette Midler and she was attached. And then when she dropped out, they hired like literally seven other writers. So then by the time the movie came out, Paul Rudnick was like, this is not my movie anymore. I want you to just say that Goofy wrote the movie. <laughs> and the movie producers were like, no, we're not doing that. So then they named him like Joel Wagner or something. But Joel Wagner is really Paul Rudnick. Don't let him lie to you. <laughs> now, I want to tell you about the budget really quick before we put the pressure on Priscilla and make her give us a synopsis. The budget was $31 million, and they made $231 million. Whoa. Yeah, which led to a sequel two years later and a 2007 Broadway musical. Lovely. Which I'm glad. And I'm <laughs> glad for the sequel because now comes the point where I tell you whether or not I've seen this movie. This was my first time watching <gasps> Sister Act. How did wow. you get this job? <laughs> Shh, Priscilla, the dip is listening. <laughs> I've made it this far. I mean, Chelsea, you know I have an agenda. <laughs> now, Sister Act 2, I have seen at least 20 times. Okay, that doesn't make sense. So this really did feel like I was watching the prequel. <laughs> you literally were. Chelsea was like, this CGI is so good, they made them all look younger. <laughs> Yeah, I used to watch a lot of movies in high school, like when my teachers just didn't feel like teaching. And so I was in an early childhood development class. And literally like once a week, our teacher would put on Sister Act 2. Did not have anything to do with raising children. Perhaps that's why I'm so bad at potty training my daughter. Wow. I do love Sister Act 2. We'll add that to the list as well. Mm -hmm. The teacher that always played movies that had nothing to do with anything in my life was Mr. Dandar, my homeroom teacher in middle school. And he, at least once a month, but I... I think once a week, would turn on My Date with the President's Daughter. Wow. We had to watch Schindler's List in seventh grade. Oh, my God. As part of the curriculum or just like, <laughs> let's just have a fun movie day. I mean, we were learning about World War II and the Holocaust, but I still feel that that's too much. For seventh grade. So <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. I also watched John Wick a lot. In school? Wait, yeah. How old are you? What's the one where Denzel Washington is trying to like save his son in the hospital? John Q. Yeah. John Q. Okay, well, clearly I haven't watched that movie enough. But in my culinary arts class, that was my teacher's go-to. And again, perhaps should have been learning some skills as I literally cannot make any food without potentially burning my house down. So... Really wish that I had learned how to, like, boil an egg in that class. Does but... anyone cook in that movie? Nope. Ever? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on then. So, Priscilla, this is where we put the pressure on. And when we say the pressure's on, truly just say whatever you want. But you have one minute on the clock to tell us the synopsis of Sister Act. Well, I'm going to need far less time. <laughs> in a world. No, Okay. After witnessing a grisly murder, a lounge singer goes into hiding with an underground cult and is forced to adapt to their ways. <laughs> Perfect. That is great. Did you ever see the, um, it's a meme now. It's been shared so many times. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the meme? When TV yes. Guide listed the plot of Wizard of Oz saying like, a woman who killed once is back to do it again, this time her sister. <laughs> They should do that more. <laughs> sure. Let's have fun. After everything we've all been through, like, let's all be ridiculous. <laughs> so let's just jump right into Sister Act, where we start with Dolores Van Cartier, a lounge singer in Vegas. And the beginning of this movie always makes me want to go to Vegas. I've never been. It's Reno. Oh, is that not the same thing? Isn't that like Little Vegas? Oh, I like I thought Nevada was the state, Vegas was like the city, and Reno was like a town in the city. Is that even possible? Are there towns and cities? No. <laughs> now this is why we need to stop watching movies in public schools. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, I've never been to Reno either. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Vegas. It is on my bucket list. I am frightened to go because I do think that I have an addictive personality and 
things could go mm. really well or really poorly very quickly for me. <laughs> my parents have been to Vegas a lot of times, but one year they ran into Charles Barkley <laughs> and he hung out with them like the whole day. They were talking with him. My mom is from Detroit and there was a Lions game later that afternoon and he was like, fuck it. I love you guys. I love your vibes. I'm putting X amount of money on Detroit for you. Shouldn't say my mom's name for you. <laughs> and he did. And Detroit ended up winning and he won like a shit ton of money. And he saw my parents later <laughs> that weekend, like in a lobby of some place of some casino. And he went up and kissed my mom on the mouth. And like, she still to this day talks about it. Like there's pictures of <laughs> my mom, my dad and Charles Barkley. And Charles Barkley has his arm around my mom and that hand is inching up to the breasts i know both of your parents listen to this so you'll probably cut it out but i think they had a threesome because there's no way that he found them again in vegas randomly (laughs) yeah they woke up next to him and he said thank you for a magical evening but i think the funniest part is so they both like love charles barkley talk about like what a great guy he was he's your real dad he's your real dad he is my father But I love the fact that to commemorate this fun weekend of whatever they ended up doing, (laughs) my mom's dog is named Barkley. Oh, I love that. That's such a great name for a dog, too. It is. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it is especially because all that damn dog does is bark. But that's a story for another time. Just a little behind the scenes. Chelsea was like, we don't have any good stories from Vegas. We might skip this part. (laughs) When in reality, like, you're Charles Barkley's love child with your own mother. Like. I like to bury the lead. <laughs> Apparently. Also, I just Googled, Reno is seven hours away from Vegas. So, now that we talked about Vegas for ten minutes, we'll just pretend it's in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> also, I do want to say... Dolores' show was good, yeah. so it makes me really mad that nobody was paying attention. It was, like, legitimately yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Did she really sing? Do we know? She did. She uh-huh. did. Um, Someone didn't. I'll get to it later. My father still is angry about it to this day. We call that a teaser, people. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Barry Ray. Yeah, it gave me palpitations just saying it, because I was like, oh, God, uh-huh. I can hear my father, like, slamming a dish somewhere about it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dolores, after her show, we find out she's dating her boss, who's also a married man, and he gives her a purple mink, which I'm just going to put a button in this sentence really quick. Was it cute? I think some of the stuff held up. I think, despite (laughs) however you feel about fur, it was cute. Cancel her. Cancel her, Peta. (laughs) (laughs) So was the gold shirt she, like, ran around in. I was like, with leggings? Like, Yes. Yeah, I think it's cute, but I also have this issue coming out of quarantine. I have this issue where I find myself dressing like TikTok stars (laughs) for no reason. Like I am a mother in the suburbs. I no longer know how to dress myself (laughs) when I leave my home. I'm like, oh yeah, a purple mink coat going to the grocery store. This is how people dress now. So I would absolutely (laughs) have worn this. Oh, good. So we all agree. And I would like to tack on to that, Chelsea, the amount of full like tie-dye two-piece sweatsuits I own after quarantine is crazy. Once Ashley Tisdale did it, fucking forget about it. It's my whole closet. <laughs> <laughs> so when Dolores finds out the purple mink belongs to Vince's wife, she busts in his office to break up with him, but witnesses him killing one of his employees. So she naturally goes to the police and finds out he's a mob boss. And they need her to testify against him. So they place her in witness protection in the last place Vince would ever look for you, a Catholic church. Sensible. Now, you know I come to this podcast with facts, and I can't let just things be fun, and I like to ruin the movies that we grew up on, except for Chelsea. This is not Sister Act 2. So (laughs) I would like to tell you a little bit how witness protection works and how the government works. And the whole plot of this movie is not possible, because in witness protection, they cannot place you as members of the clergy, the Peace Corps, or reporters. Wow. Yeah. My mom thinks that she'd be very happy in witness protection. Uh, oh. <laughs> I have follow-up questions. Was this something like she would speak up fondly of like, if only, or like one day I hope to? Like, how do you know this about your mom? <laughs> she just randomly said it to me recently, like that she thinks it could be great. Like, you don't have to work. I'm like, you already don't. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you wouldn't be able to see your grandchildren. And she's like, I just think I would be happy. <laughs> okay. While rooting for her for that. Yeah. I would be so bad at it. I'm so bad at keeping secrets. <laughs> I'm so bad at keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> and someone's like, oh, no, Rob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, kind of like how you were anonymous and then decided to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then change my username to just my first name. Cool. <laughs> You're doing amazing, sweetie. I'm doing great. <laughs> so, so Dolores is placed into the convent and Mother Superior immediately hates her and doesn't want her there. She, like, really has a stick up her, <laughs> up her ass. I hated it. Such a bitch. Chelsea, do you recognize this actress? How dare you? That was Professor McGonagall. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> How dare you, Donnie? My God. I figured because we had a Harry Potter tie-in, but we truly never know with you. That's fair. It was watching this movie from 1992 where I was like, Jesus Christ, this woman has been old my entire life. Yes. Maggie Smith, Wilfred Brimley, like these people were born old. Yes. And like, God bless them. They're aging wonderfully now. Because like from now to 1992, she looks the same, I think. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, great. Moving on. So while we're speaking of Mother Superior, she tells Dolores, now named Sister Mary Clarence, that there are three vows every nun must take. The vow of poverty, the vow of obedience, and the vow of chastity. If you had to choose one of these, which one would you pick? Well, I'm always like dangerously close to already the vow of poverty. Like if my Uh water heater goes, I'm already there. We all go. (laughs) Having two toddlers already puts me in the vow of chastity because they are just in our bed. So I think I could honestly kind of like thrive as a nun except for the law of obedience because you know I do not like rules. I know. And that's the one I like because I'm a slut with expensive taste, but I love a rule. (laughs) We could be like little rascals where we're like two people stacked on top of each other in a nun outfit to complete one single perfect nun. Uh Which one would be your hardest? Oh, the hardest? Poverty would be the hardest. Not that I have a lot now, but... Well, when you start selling that Baby Uh Uh-Oh merch, you'll never have to worry about that again. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash one. See you there. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again... 
that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So, Dolores learns she's supposed to sleep in a cell, spend her days doing chores, going to sleep at 9 p.m., and waking up at 5 a.m., which the schedule is, like, the schedule I try to live on, so that I would be fine with. It's doing the chores during the day that would bother me, but, like, I started being in the 5 a.m. club during (laughs) during quarantine. Yeah, and it really is, like, you get so much more done. The motorcycle gang outside my house isn't active yet. My (laughs) husband is not active yet. It's truly great. My favorite is when you've clearly been up since 5 a.m., and I log on to Instagram, and at 9 a.m., you've already gone on, like, a full rant about Mm. something very obscure, and I'm like, oh, look at Donnie being productive. 5 a.m. club. Now, I will say about the 5 a.m. club, I do have to take a nap then, so then when everyone else is waking up at 9, I go back to bed for like three hours, but at least I got four hours of work done already. Chelsea will text me something like something important that she wakes up and it's her first order of business, but then I'm asleep until noon. So then not too important. (laughs) Priscilla, what time do you wake up? Uh, 6.15 now. Oh, okay. You're almost there. Yeah, I'm almost there. (laughs) I started setting an alarm and really, really like sticking to it so that I greet the day. The day doesn't just smack me Mm. in the face. In theory, that sounds wonderful, but I have no impulse control. So I will wake up at 6 a.m. because my children are screaming and it's time to be smacked in the face, (laughs) like you said. (laughs) But I also will stay up until like 3 a.m., like Googling like scenes of Grey's Anatomy that make you cry (laughs) compilations. Like why? (laughs) No one knows, but I get down these rabbit holes and then it's 3 a.m. and I'm like, well, fuck, better tuck in for a Clean three hours before I wake up and do it all over again. So after learning from Eddie, the detective on the case, that she'll be stuck there longer, she decides it's time to pay a visit to the bar, where her two closest and unlikely friends, Mary Patrick and Mary Robert, sneak in after her. Dolores tries to usher them out quickly, but when Mary Patrick finds the jukebox, literally all bets are off, and she is impossible to get out of there. Um... So <laughs> this, I hope you all came prepared with the jukebox story, because I sure have one. At, <laughs> at this, like, I think it's a chain, Miller Ale House. It was just like a sports bar where you can get, like, wings, and you know what sports bars have. I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> so I used to go with my friends all the time in college, but, like, it got a little too testosterone So then I would always put Cha-Cha Slide on the jukebox and, like, turn it into a club, <laughs> like, in the middle of tables every week um and then like after that song i would go back like nothing happened but i was like okay this is enough of that happening on the tv i need to dance (laughs) okay but were people joining you in the cha-cha slide like were you successful in temporarily turning it into a club or was it just drunk donnie in the middle of miller alehouse doing the cha-cha slide by yourself. It would be like six people. Like it okay, was, yeah, okay. it wasn't a full on flash mob, but it wasn't me by myself. Now I would like to say that my table was always like four people, but then like two other randos would join. And you know what? If you got more than one, I say it's a party. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. I think, you. and you know what? It does show your dedication that week after week, you know, those bouncers <laughs> saw you coming and they're like, God damn it, this guy's going to put cha-cha slide on again. Well, if we're being honest, they probably didn't use the word guy, but that's, that's okay. There's pro- there's another three-letter word they probably used, but... Now, the cha-cha slide was my top song on the Spotify wrapped of 2020 because in full quarantine, like OG quarantine, we made the mistake of playing it for my oldest daughter one single time and she <laughs> called it the funky funky song and we oh. listened to it 25 times a day. Like she would mm. wake up in the morning and be like, everybody clap your hands. <laughs> And it really just added to the chaos. Like, it was a good representation of our mental state at that time that Mm -hmm. Cha-Cha Slide was just always playing. Where does your daughter stand with the new electric slide? 
I'll have to play it for her or maybe not because I don't want that to be my top song of 2022. Oh, I'll play it for her next time. <laughs> Are I you a big you. fan? Of the new one, yeah. I didn't know there was a new one. Oh, yeah. Like it was the regular one and then there was like the new one for a little bit and then the cha-cha slide came after that. Oh, so this isn't oh. like a new version Recent. that came out in 2022. No, it's not like on TikTok. It was 1992. <laughs> Like, only on this podcast could the word new be used to describe a song that you just said came out in 1992. I think it was literally called The New Electric Slide. <laughs> so now I have to Google it. I hope no one's busy right now. Okay. Now I think I made it all up. <laughs> Nothing is coming up. No, I thought it started with a remix of The Girl Like This. New, new, new Electric Slide. Like that. <laughs> anyway. Was it you with your own <laughs> karaoke machine in your bedroom? Was it a fever dream? Maybe. <laughs> if anyone else remembers the new electric slide, please come into our DMs and tell me because I think I just hallucinated. As long as Steve Buscemi isn't singing it to you, Donnie, you're doing just fine. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I will say these two nuns, um, you know, they're unlikely a friends for Dolores. But in real life, the two women that played these nuns would have fit in a lot better with Dolores because I have a little tale from behind the scenes that one night they had their costume in their hotel room with them and they shared a hotel room. So they ordered room service and when it arrived, they answered in their nun outfits and Mary Robert, the redhead one, was watching porn on the TV when, <laughs> <laughs> when the guy arrived and they had a bet to see if she could wait the whole time without laughing. She lost $100. That is wow. so fun. The hijinks behind the scenes. <laughs> I know. And they ordered wine from room <gasps> service. So they really stepped their nun game up. Or it could have been, um, what's that called? <laughs> Communion. <laughs> oh, yeah. So listeners know that I am a recovering Catholic and I went to Catholic school for the first part of my life. But there was a period of time where my brother, we would go out to dinner like if we went to a restaurant as a family and my brother was like five years old and he would take the bread basket and he would take my parents like whatever they ordered to drink and he would do the whole like christ oh. has died christ, christ is, is risen christ, christ will come again and my dad was just like, oh, my God, like, Jesus Christ, we got to get these kids out of Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla, were you Catholic? Uh, yes. I assumed so once you knew that little ditty. Remix. New. The new, new, new communion song. <laughs> I mean, the church needs it. <laughs> Yeah, all they need is Dolores then. I was Methodist growing up. Fancy. Not no, really. not really. <laughs> but we had communion once a month and I had to stop and like re-be trained or whatever that's called. Because one time the pastor heard me say I was excited for communion because I wanted a snack. And he was like, okay, you clearly don't know what this is. You need to be taught. That's like a benefit. I right. Mean, why can't both <laughs> things be true? Yeah. I want to drink the blood of Christ and also I'm a little parched. <laughs> so as punishment for sneaking out, Mother Superior forces Dolores to join the choir where she quickly learns that they are a bust. Do both of you consider yourself singers? Absolutely not. <laughs> In my car. <laughs> yeah. I actually think I'm getting pretty okay. Oh, I mean, I enjoy singing, but when I do it, am I immediately told by my husband and my two daughters to please stop? Oh. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, oh let's take it to the people. Like, let's post us singing that Jesus song. <laughs> and see what they have to say. Yeah, see what people have to say. Yeah, I think that's a great, <laughs> great idea. Until the answers start coming in, and then I pull it down quickly. Like, I didn't want to hear you say this. I was in the church choir, and I thought I was good. Um, but then I guess I wasn't because this one woman in the church who used to terrorize everyone, she came up to me afterwards and said, you know, you don't need to sing like a Backstreet Boy. <gasps> what does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. I think she meant nasal, but how rude. <laughs> Nothing <Very> rude. <laughs> scarier than 
a church lady. Nothing oh, in this God. world scarier than like a woman in church marching up to you with a mission. It's like, God, <laughs> what are you about to say to me? That's going to like stick with me for years to come. <laughs> yeah. Everybody at my church loved this woman, but she was kind of a terror. My mom smoked when I was little and this woman made my sister move to the back of the Sunday school class because she said no one wanted to smell her. <gasps> Rude. And that's why my sister's in therapy. <laughs> Wow. Well, that and, that and like, the family I come from. Hello. Is this the sister that would kick you in the balls? Yes. Oh, she belongs there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this choir, not made up of the three of us songstresses, they're offbeat, they're off-pitch, and they just truly suck. And Dolores can't help herself and uses her background in music to direct this band of misfits. So then under Dolores's new direction, the choir is a hit. The music speaks to the congregation in ways it never could before. The altar boys are bopping, neighborhood teenagers stroll in off the streets, and the naive and quiet Mary Robert finds the spirit inside of her that lets her belt when she could barely speak before. It was beautiful. This was the mm-hmm. first time I cried. I still get chills when she she does her thing. Yeah. Well, Priscilla, no, I'd hate to break it to you and my father. This is not her voice. And my dad got so mad when he figured it out. Like, live it. <laughs> I love stories of your dad getting angry because the stakes are always so low and he's so <laughs> mad. Like... Him finding out about Alyssa Milano doing a nude thing, <laughs> now the devastation of learning that this woman was lip syncing. I just, I really do appreciate a man who just knows what he wants, and he wanted this woman to really have that voice coming out of her diaphragm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my father getting upset about things this stupid couldn't mean anything when things are worse. <laughs> no anger issues to be found. <laughs> Help! <laughs> Ah, childhood trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, while Mother Superior is cursing Dolores out for her funky new direction, the priest interrupts to tell how well-received the choir was. With a new fire lit under them, the nuns begin to do community outreach, like cleaning up the neighborhood, feeding the homeless, and getting to know those in the surrounding area. So... Let's use this time to tell community service stories. Well, did anyone else have a fantasy like they wanted to just go revitalize a community? Like, let's go rebuild that rundown playground. And like, it's like, oh my God, gentrification could be so fun. (laughs) When they used that piece of shit car on the street and turned it into like a playground thing, I thought that was so fun. Well, like the mom in me was like, oh my God. Um, so as everyone that listens to this podcast knows, I was a total monster for a lot of my life. But like one time I really wasn't trying. Sometimes it just comes out naturally. (laughs) I was volunteering at the Ronald McDonald House, a wonderful organization. I was working, um, with a restaurant and we like served them dinner. It was a big themed dance event, whatever. And then. I'm nervous to tell it. So I was in charge of the arts and crafts table and there were like paper plates and glitter and yarn. So I made a wig with a paper plate and yarn and I put it on and then a girl with no hair on her head came to me and said, what are you doing? And then I looked at her and looked at my wig and my heart dropped out of my baby uh uh-oh butt and I said, I'm a girl! So then she laughed, thank God. And you staged a gender identity crisis to save face. Oh, my God. So then she took the wig and then ran and laughed at me to her mother. So I was a weird kid and I was a history nerd. And I, so I volunteered at this like local museum that's like an old rich people estate or whatever. They had Sunday teas. And they put me, who was, like, 11 at the time, like, made me, like, serve tea. (laughs) And I spilled hot tea all over, like, the oldest woman. (laughs) It was the worst. I I don't know why they thought I should be a server. If you're putting an 11-year-old to work in that capacity, (laughs) serving an old, old woman tea, I mean, you you reap what you sow. (laughs) Was it Maggie Smith that you poured tea on? No, it was the meatball lady from Wedding Singer. Just like so old. I'm like, oh, sorry. That's actually how she died. I'm just 
Oh my God. So after their initial success, the choir begins changing their routines to include a non-traditional lineup based in Motown, Bops, and Girl Groups of Yesteryear. And they've become such a success that the Pope is coming to town to see them perform. My church, as you know, I was a soloist. You already heard I sang like a Backstreet Boy. But once every two years, we would do a musical as well. That's just the benefits of being a Methodist, folks. There are truly no rules. We, we don't chant. We do full-fledged musicals but like stupid ones like jonah and stuff like that but they still had bops um and one year it was called good kings come in small packages my father played the mean king who was assassinated and i played his son that became the new king at age 11 there are so many dynamics at work that we just we just like breeze over like priscilla welcome to this show where donnie says so much in a single sentence that there is just truly not enough time to unpack it all <laughs> What? Your dad is like a man who wears many hats, I feel. <laughs> At the Catholic church that I went to, there was like an uprising that took place. The church was divided and split. It was going in a new direction. Basically our equivalent of Dolores came oh, as it. the music director. And she really put a pep in the step of the choir. And there is a bop that I still find myself singing to this day where, you know, like the priest will say something and then you're supposed to say like hallelujah or amen. Mm-hmm. And this woman would <laughs> get up there and she would lead halle, halle, halle. Oh, I'm familiar. Yeah, hallelujah. Halle, halle. And we like lost our shit. That was our Backstreet Boys. Like you had the Catholic school kids raising our hands, dancing, and the nuns were pissed. Mm. Just a bop though. Halle, halle, halle. so weird. Like you'd think they'd want you to be excited. Right. Well, excitement leads to sin, Priscilla. (laughs) (laughs) I got in trouble. I wasn't the Dolores of my church, but at a youth retreat once... They were on this hayride singing different Jesus songs. And then I thought I would teach them a little Jesus song that goes like this. If I had a little white box to put my Jesus in, I'd take him out and and share him with a friend. And if I had a little black box to put my Satan in, I'd take him out and bash his face and put him back again. And then the youth leader was like, no, we will not sing that again. Don't teach the kids that. <laughs> Like, I'm Dolores Van Cartier, honey. Did you make <laughs> up that song? No, I heard it from someone else. Another bad Christian. <laughs> Just spreading the word of the Lord through violence to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and making out with Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> no, just a little. Just a little smoochy. Yeah, and then I was going to share with a friend. If we can drink his blood, we can kiss him for God's sake. Uh, Priscilla, anything? <laughs> No, nothing. Let's move on. Okay. So due to a leak in the police force, Dolores' ex finds where she is. And before Eddie can relocate her and place her in protection, Mary Robert and Dolores are kidnapped by two henchmen. Mary Robert escapes, but they take her to the Moonlight Lounge in Reno. The (laughs) The nuns decide they need to go to Reno and save her, so they manipulate a local pilot into flying them there for free. I just like that Mother Superior just like two days ago was terrified of these nuns like literally leaving their front porch (laughs) like she was so afraid of the outside world and the community but now she's like you know what nope we're gonna face off against these literal mobsters with jesus at our side there's nothing we can't achieve that's character development the power of dolores can happen in the blink of an eye apparently (laughs) it was very anna delvey though (laughs) (laughs) They should have used accents. It may be sinful, but I'd absolutely guilt people into doing what I wanted if I was a nun. Like, I'd be like, Lord, forgive this woman for not letting Donnie into the front of the line of Tower of Terror. (laughs) My grandfather was supposed to be a priest. So I wouldn't have been here. Oh, my God. What happened? Back in the day, it was like you give your first son your name and your second son to God. So he was the second of 13. But (gasps) that is a HBO show just waiting to be made. But 
Yeah, he was in the seminary. He talks about how he used to like hook up his little like snuck in radio to listen to Elvis. That seminary fucked him up. But luckily, (laughs) he got my grandmother pregnant out of wedlock, got kicked out of the seminary. And here I am on this podcast telling the tale. Wow. I love it. I love it. Now, I do have a question. That first son with your name, second son to God, what are the rules for the other 11? Um, Mostly (laughs) neglect and trauma. Are they Irish? What is this? They were just Catholic. And just Catholic. Birth control is Satan's pill, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So on that note, <laughs> the nuns swarm the casino and buy Dolores time until the police arrive. And this plan worked, like, surprisingly well for a long time. I was truly impressed. It makes me want to plan things with God on my side because he's not been here for a little bit. <laughs> and and I think it shows in my um, planning ability. But it was like Ocean's Eleven, but because of Jesus, like... John 316. Oh, <laughs> oh. No, that was my yeah. best one. You should apologize. You really <laughs> that one in. No, I didn't. God is on my side. You're not allowed to be. But you know why? If I had a little white box. <laughs> <laughs> but that plan was good, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know if the plan was, <laughs> but it worked well. So. At the end of the movie, Dolores is safe, Mother Superior forgives and thanks her, and the choir performs, I will follow him for the Pope. And now that she's not posing as a nun anymore, Dolores doesn't have to wear the habit, so she is sporting a Diana Ross wig for the final performance, and that's just how you know it is a banger. Mm -hmm. It was a good one. It was. And I cried at this one as well, because Pisces season is upon us. (laughs) I truly cried three times watching this movie, and then I was like, oh, that's why Pisces, Pisces Hive Rise Up, which I'm just going to plug really quick then. Starting next Sunday is my birthday month. Donnie Appreciation Month is here. I'm glad we covered this movie this (laughs) week because we really need God with us to get through the next four episodes. Sure do, because the next four episodes are all going to be some of my favorite movies. So normally Chelsea and I like have to agree on what movies we're going to cover. But the next four, I said, oh, no, there's a new bitch in charge. <laughs> and I'm here to drive that one. <laughs> more and more between you. Thank you. I like all your ideas, darling. <laughs> oh, so that's it. <laughs> Do you want to tease the people with some of the movies that we'll be covering? Yeah, so just a little tease. Starting next week, we'll be teaching Mrs. Tingle. And then you also know that Cruel Intentions is going to find its way in the lineup as well. And also, another teaser, during Donny Appreciation Month, I can't be the <laughs> only one getting me gifts. I'll send you my Venmo information. <laughs> we'll also be doing a giveaway as well. So stay tuned for that. Exciting. Because as Donnie says, participation is mandatory. (laughs) The number one rule for Donnie Appreciation Month. Well, lovely. Well, I actually, I was a little bit nervous to recap this movie because it's legitimately good. And usually I think we kind of rely on just mocking the movie itself. But I really, really enjoyed Sister Act. It was fun to get the prequel to the film I know so well. (laughs) So final thoughts, if we were to bring Sister Act into the present day, who would we cast in a remake? Um, Tiffany Haddish. Wonderful. I'm going to put a pause really quick. She is actually in talks to be in the, they're rebooting it for real with Whoopi in it, but then like a new Dolores and she is in talks to play her. Oh my God. You manifested. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I reverse manifested. <laughs> I would bring Jean Smart in mm. for Mother Superior. John Cleese for the Monsignor. Love it. Um, I would keep, how do you say Kathy's last name? Najimi? Yeah, I would keep, I would bring her back, yeah. obviously. Um, Jennifer Coolidge <sighs> would be one of the nuns. Incredible. Obviously. And Megan Stalter, do you guys remember her from Hacks? Yes. She's so funny. She has to be there too. Perfect. Nice. That's a good yeah. list. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> Priscilla's like, Donnie, wasn't that a good one? <laughs> it was so good, in fact, that we have a double. So then I'm going to go next so then we can leave Chelsea out in the in the street. But then don't worry, yeah. Chelsea, we'll come out and do community outreach to you. So. Trying to give me a rusty car for a playground. Love it. Yeah. 
That's right. So as Dolores, I have Lizzo. Okay. Thank you, Priscilla. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Well, starting next week for Donnie Appreciation Month, I will be gasping and awing the way he wants me to, but I'll warm up. <laughs> Let me warm up the vocal cords this week. Wow, what a good one, Donnie. That was awesome. Good. Attendance is mandatory. Thank you, Chelsea. As Mother Superior, I have Sally Field. Wonderful. <laughs> And then I only cast Mary Robert and Mary Patrick, not the rest of the nuns. But I have Megan Stalter as Mary Patrick and Vanessa Hudgens as Mary Robert. I have mentally had Vanessa Hudgens as like one of her trio in the beginning. Oh, okay. Because I love it when someone super like famous and talented is in a movie for five minutes. Well, now you're just sucking up Priscilla. <laughs> well, no. Did you recognize that one of her performers in the beginning was Jennifer Lewis, like the grandma from Blackish? And many other things. But. Yes, I did. I couldn't place her, but I, I did. Chelsea, what was... do you know her from? <laughs> Lots of things. What an illustrious career that woman's had. <laughs> Hard to pick one. So I had Z-Way as Mary Clarence, as Dolores. Then for Mother Superior, I thought it would be fun to have Regina King. Oh. Then for the like super innocent nice nun that gives her that flower clock, I thought the Apatow girl from Euphoria, whichever sister oh. that one is, because I feel like she has that like squeaky clean persona. Yeah. And then for the Hocus Pocus nun, I did miscast this person a couple of weeks ago. I think I tried to make her the grandmother from The Princess Diaries, but this is a more appropriate role. I would have Melissa McCarthy for that one. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. I would take that. More so than the grandmother from The Princess Diaries. Look, Julie Andrews could be good in this. Oh. She actually would, yeah. Yeah. Mother Superior. Or just give her, like, like nun number four. Yeah. Would be funny. Alma, <laughs> check your battery. She can be Alma. Yes. <laughs> So final, final thoughts. What for us aged well about this movie and what aged like blockbuster? It all aged well. Plop it back in the theater tomorrow. (laughs) Well, I think all us true crime biddies know that like this is not how the timeline would go down. So, you know, the trials of two months, just hold on. Like, no. I think that the police being both corrupt and incompetent held up well. Yes. Yes. I honestly feel like it truly did. I mean, I said this before, but, like, it was good. Like, it was a genuinely good movie to the point where midway through I texted Donnie and I was like, what are we going to talk about? There is nothing to make fun of. Good God. Yeah, luckily my life lends itself to make fun of a lot of things <laughs> because the movie really didn't. Yeah, thank God there's like, what, three people here with tons of Catholic and Methodist trauma <laughs> yeah. and moms who want to be in this Fun. I mean, when you told me why, she did kind of sell it. I would do it, I think. It's an awesome deal. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh. So that is it. That is Sister Act. Thank you, Priscilla. Before you go, let everyone know where they can find you, follow you. You can find me at Bonjour Bitches blog on Instagram or Shop Bonjour Boss on Instagram. I'm obsessed with um, attention, so. (laughs) (laughs) I can't relate. I'm not familiar. All right, and thank you everyone for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like, like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.